Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, the weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Nia Lewis. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. Today, we are going to be talking about contemporary poet Layla Chatty. Layla was born in 1990 in Oakland, California. Her father was completing his PhD at UC Berkeley and her mother was a nurse. She was raised in East Lansing, Michigan and spent every summer in Tanusa, where her father is originally from and where she is a dual citizen. Chatty frequently draws on the landscape of Tanusa in her poetry. Growing up, Layla loved books, though she says that her parents weren't big readers themselves. They encouraged her love of language, and she began to write poems when she was as young as five years old. Chatty talked about one poem she remembers from when she was in kindergarten that went big cheetahs, shy cheetahs, silly cheetahs, baby cheetahs, which she loves to look back on because she said it was more or less a list of all the adjectives I knew at that age, an exercise in rudimentary apostrophe, and a declaration of love for my own young self. Layla thinks that she was so drawn to reading because it satisfied her curiosity with endless adventure. She says that her love of poetry came from her attraction to its rhythmic possibilities. Chatty grew up attending Quranic school where she learned to recite the almost poetic verses of the Quran, which certainly influenced her love of lyrical language. Religion was a major part of Layla's upbringing. Raised in a mixed religion home with a Catholic mother and a Muslim father, both religious traditions have had a profound impact on her life and work. For Chadi, her religion and her ethnic identity have always been intertwined. Being both Arab and Muslim is incredibly important to her, but her identity has also been fought throughout her life. She remembers being 11 years old when the Twin Towers fell on 9-11. So she says that she came of age in a country that despised her, feeling like a hated outsider, someone viewed as bad and wrong. Chadi's self-esteem and sense of belonging were deeply impacted by her experience as an Arab Muslim woman in America. In her own writing too, Chadi has felt unsure about how she wants to approach her background. In her MFA program, she was discouraged from writing Arab poems, though she asked herself, what is an Arab poem if not a poem written by someone like me, an Arab woman? And yeah, like, how does that even make any sense? Like, if I, as a black woman, am writing a a poem about pain i think part of that has to do with like black pain like you know like that yeah that doesn't make any sense and i just hate that chatty went through this she also feared being tokenized solely for her religious and racial identity in the literary world Recently, Chadi has written about her childhood and her background in her chapbook, Tunisia Amerikia, which responded to the 2016 election and increasing Islamophobia and anti-Arab racism. While initially meant to 
be two separate chat books about the dual facets of her identity, Chatty realized that these parts of her couldn't be separated. Layla has also written extensively about her struggles with her religious identity as a woman. She feels stuck between two competing narratives, the criticism she faces from outsiders that she has to be saved from her religion, and the troubling treatment she's experienced from some members of her own community because she's a woman. However, though, she has at times in her life stepped away from her faith. Chadi says that now that she's returned to it, it's more important to her than ever. Layla's love of poetry was nurtured by her high school English teacher, Marianne Foreman. While she found herself depressed and unmotivated in her high school classes, her teacher also introduced her to the works of Naomi Shihab Nye, a future friend and another Arab female poet that made her realize that she could pursue writing seriously too. Layla recognizes how important her relationship with her teacher was for both her writing and her personal development. She said that because of it, she felt seen and valued and she started to take her life seriously. Chatty went on to receive her BA from Michigan State. For a long time, poetry was just a private hobby for her. After undergrad, she began to teach special education in California, but felt that she wasn't able to find enough time to write. She decided to pursue writing full-time and went to North Carolina State University for her MFA, where she was awarded the Academy of American Poets Prize. Layla says that she went into her MFA knowing almost nothing and came out with so much support and a better understanding of the industry itself. Her poetic influences include Louise Gluck, Mohammed Derwish, Sharon Odes, and Marie Howe. The subject of Leila Chadi's most recent collection, Deluge, is one of the most seminal experiences of her life. Her experience getting sick and undergoing treatment for two urine tumors, one thought to be a sarcoma, when she was 22 years old. The title harkens back to a flood of biblical propositions and traces, all sorts of floods of the body, from her first period to the hemorrhages caused by her tumors. Deluge, written over the course of five years, explores how Chadi's personal story fits into broader themes of gender, power, faith, and shame. She uses religious iconography, references and language to couple the holy with the bodily because she turned to the Quran and the Bible throughout her sickness to try to make sense of her experience. Some of her darker thoughts around her illness related to her faith. In trying to find a reason for getting sick, Layla felt that she must have done something wrong and was being punished by God, that she must have transgressed in a gendered way because it manifested as a gendered illness. She worried that she was being punished for being a woman, specifically for how she expressed her sexuality. Throughout her illness, Chadi says that she felt sexism from the medical settings that she was immersed in. Questions from medical professions about her own health were addressed to male partners. She was encouraged to skip graduate school to have a child in hopes that it would improve her condition. 
She was also advised to undergo a particularly dangerous procedure that she was skeptical of by a doctor who said that she would look better in a bikini because it would make a smaller incision. This procedure would later be banned by the FDA because so many women undergoing it were dying. Layla felt particularly lost navigating the terrifying world of medicine. She has written about it using the setting of a nightmare to convey the sense of powerlessness and dissociation she experienced. The dream mode allowed her to shift quickly, morphing something into another or cutting from one scene to the next, which she described as an almost pointillistic technique creating a whole portrait with little moments and images. Layla was also influenced by art in a more literal way. She chose not to shy away from graphic imagery of blood and pain so that she might elevate her sickness to that of high art. Layla turned to her portraiture of Mary for inspiration because she was a figure whose fate, like her own, fell out of her control and in the hands of God. In another sense, Layla felt jealous of Mary. While she was overwhelmed with shame about her sexuality, Mary was defined by her chastity. While her fertility was endangered by her condition, Mary miraculously conceived one of the most important children of all time. The topic of gaze also appears in this collection. During her period of sickness, Chadi felt constantly looked at, touched, examined, exposed. Especially coming from a religious background that forbids women from being looked at, she felt that this tension between her shame at being seen and her desire and need to be healed. I hated the looking and needed the looking, she said. I can relate to Chadi so much just with the fact that you know black women as well you know have a really hard time trusting you know the world of medicine i have a hard time trusting the world of medicine i've been i've been kind of scared about you know finding like an obgyn finding the right one who would understand my pain would understand where I'm coming from. Um, just with knowing the fact that a lot of black women go to OBGYNs who don't even care about them um, when they are in pain, when they need help. It's just really just pushed aside. I also relate to her too as well because in a period of my life, I also got sick and I felt very attacked by one of the doctors there who was trying to do a study and was like super curious about me like having herpes mind you i know that you can also you know get herpes just from as simple as like a kiss or a touch but the way that he really approached me i felt like was very inappropriate he unbuttoned my gown like super fast and just like let my breast out in like the air and i was just like this dude like he had really strong faith that like i was gonna be perfect for the study and i was just like dude no <laughs> and it's like it was so frustrating and i felt so violated by this doctor so i can 
really relate to Chadi about how invasive doctors, especially male, can be. Um, but back to um, Chadi. Deluge was published in 2020. Both of her chapbooks, Ebb and Tunisia Amerikia, were published in 2018. Chadi's poetry has also appeared in such journals and anthologies as the New York Times Magazine, the Academy of American Poets, Poem A Day, Poetry, Plowshares, Tin House, American Poetry Review, Virginia Quarterly Review, The Georgia Review, New England Review, Kenyan Review Online, Narrative, The Rumpus, and Best New Poets, 2015 and 2017. Chadi was long listed for the 2020 Penn Open Book Award and shortlisted for the 2017 Brunel International African Poetry Prize. She has been awarded prizes from Plowshares Emerging Writers Contest, Narratives 30 Below Contest. She is the recipient of grants from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Barbara Deming Memorial Fund, and the Helen Warlitzer Foundation of New Mexico, and has received fellowships and scholarships from the Fine Arts Work Center in Providencetown, the Wisconsin Institute for Creative Writing, the Ten House Writers Workshop, the Frost Place Conference of Poetry, the Key West Literary Seminars, Dixon House, and Cleveland State University, where she is the inaugural Annis Wolf Fellow in writing and publishing. Chadi currently serves as a consulting poetry editor at the Rayleigh Review and teaches at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where she is the Mendota Lecturer in Poetry. She is also pursuing her PhD in creative writing at the University of Cincinnati as a provost fellow. When asked about her writing process, Layla says that inspiration always comes to her if she just listens for an idea or a first line. Most importantly, she reads vigorously two books a day on a good day. She gets to work as soon as she wakes up in the morning, makes tea and begins to write freehand, three pages without editing or thinking to clear out her distracting thoughts. She enters her poems without an exact idea of where she wants to go, but says she always reaches for a genuine epiphany moment where she finds her sense of direction and learns something from the progress. Her poems are governed by honesty and empathy. If a poem isn't empathetic, she says, it doesn't work. If a poem is personal, it must be honest. And if it's honest, it must carry with it something universal. I'm going to share one of Layla Chadi's poems entitled Tea, which portrays her use of self-care in a ritualized manner. She wrote this poem during a period of depression where she said that one simple task was one of the only things she could bring herself to do regularly, make tea. She says that she made the connection between her love of tea and its incredibly potent cultural role and the Tunisian society and the repetitive nature of her action to Muslim daily prayer. About this poem, Layla shared, I was interested in examining my own experience with my body and mind, harm and care, pleasure and survival, as it relates to tea, and this poem tumbled out of it. So here's Layla Chadi's poem entitled, Tea. Five times a day I make tea. I do this because I like the warmth in my hands like the feeling of self-directed kindness. I'm not used to it, 
warmth and kindness, both. So I create my own when I can. It's easy. You just pour water into a kettle and turn the knob and listen for the scream. I do this five times a day. Sometimes when I'm pleased, I let out a little sound. A poet noticed this, and it made me feel I might one day properly be loved. Because no one is here to love me. I make tea for myself and leave the radio playing. I must remind myself, I am here, and do so by noticing myself. My feet are cold inside my socks. They touch the ground. My stomach churns. My heart shudders. In my hands, I hold a warmth I make. I come from a people who pray five times a day in make tea. I admire the way they do both. How they drop to the ground wherever they are. Drop pine nuts and mint sprigs in a glass. I think to care for the self is a kind of prayer. It is a gesture of devotion towards what is not always beloved or believed. I do not always believe in myself or love myself. I am sure there are times I am bad or gone or lying. In another's mouth, tea often means gossip, but sometimes means truth. Despite the trope, in my experience, my people do not lie for pleasure or when they should, even when it might be a gesture of kindness. But they are kind. If you were to visit, a woman would bring you a tray of tea at any time of day. My people love tea so much it was once considered a sickness. Their colonizers tried, as with any joy, to snuff it out. They feared a love so strong one might sell or kill their other loves for leaves and sugar. Teaism sounds like a kind of faith I buy into, a god I would not fear. I think now, I truly believe I wouldn't kill anyone for love, not even myself. Most days I can barely get out of bed, so I make tea. I stand at the window while I wait. My feet are cold and the radio plays its little sounds. I do the small thing I know how to do to care for myself. I am trying to notice joy which means survive. I do this all day and then the next. Y'all, I love this poem so much. I look you like while I was reading it, like kind of got a little little teared up (laughs) i feel like i can relate to chadi with this poem i think um i have gone through you know that depressive state that really sad state and i the other day i was kind of just like i need a self-care day like i need to meditate i need to breathe because i just feel like i have too much going on and so i did that for myself and it felt really nice i felt very relaxed i wanted to go to sleep i didn't but i wanted to (laughs) and i think what I really loved about this poem too um, was kind of when she repeated the line um, I make tea for myself and leave the radio playing 
And I think the one thing that I didn't even notice too is how important tea really is to a lot of cultures and it's known you know drink tea this will heal you you'll feel a lot better it's a it's a comfort zone for a lot of people oh i'm kind of stressed let me have some tea and i'll feel so much better it's a self-care and i also love the fact that she brought up the fact that tea is also something you know that's reference to gossip. I loved the part where she said, um, it's a god that I can trust, something like that. That line chills. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Layla Chadi. Make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye! Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched and written by Sakura Price alongside me, Nia Lewis. Our production coordinator is Sophia Denunzio. Lucas Lane is our digital editor, and our editorial advisors are Kelly Grace Thomas and Colleen Hamilton. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you then.